Hello and welcome to Enough Said, the podcast brought to you by the mental health charity Independent Newham Users Forum. Independent Newham Users Forum is also known as INUF and we are the project based in Stratford in the heart of East London providing advocacy support, lifestyle choices and workshop activities and volunteer experiences for Newham based residents who have been previously diagnosed with a mental health condition. Welcome to the show. Hello. So today uh, we are joined by Michael Ahern. Hi. And as our guest host, and we have our other guest host with us, Stephen Code. Hi. Uh, thankfully, we've been uh, recorded by the impeccable MKH Inc. And I am your host, Trevor Jones. So today, uh, before we jump into our subject which is about mental health and crime. How safe are you feeling now in your local community because of all of the recent incidents that have been taking place uh, in the news? It's fine. I'm normally in bed by 10. <laughs> and how about yourself, Michael? Uh, I'm, 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 it doesn't really worry me that much. I'm just, a, just more careful. And... Oh, yeah, so... I don't tend to watch the news. Yeah. Because the news is designed to scare you. Okay. I, I, I walk, touch wood. Yeah. I, I've walked around at all times of the day and, and nothing's happened to me so far. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, the reason why I'm mentioning this now is because there's been a recent uh, concern about. Uh, crime statistics particularly in London uh, due to a recent spate of uh, gun knife and acid attack crimes and um, the Met Police I'm sure they're doing their best that they can to kind of uh, do their research do their investigations and uh, find out uh, the culprits and perpetrators to uh, support and protect victims but um, as we understand it, um, there's an article online um, which has states that, I've, I think this is from a national newspaper, I won't say the name of it, who it is, but on the 12th of April it was stating that dozens of people have been fatally stabbed in the capital in the first quarter of 2018. And now if the statistics continue like this for the rest of the year, um, this will make London deadlier than uh, New York. And New York was like famous for having um, high crime statistics. Um, at least 35 people have been fatally stabbed in London alone since the beginning of the year. And the Metropolitan Police have records that show 37,443 recorded knife offences, 6,694 recorded gun offences, uh, across the UK in a year up to September 2017 so that number's blown out of proportion because that's not just about London that's about the whole of the UK but in London the problem was considered to be more pronounced than the rest of the country because 12,980 knife crimes were taking place in the capital uh, that's like one third of all of the knife crimes that we just mentioned but it's 2,452 more reported incidents than the year before so um, that's why we're talking about crime today 
but we wanted to kind of specific go specifically into the issue of is there a relationship between mental illness and crime okay okay so i'm gonna read an article from a website called vantage point recovery and uh, this is an american-based website and they say that research shows that every year one in five americans suffer from a mental illness that interferes with their daily routines that relates to millions and millions of people suffering from either depression anxiety or some other form of mental illness while there is incredible access uh, to resources for people wanting help the number of disorders that are still higher than the number of mental health professionals available to help and this relates to millions of millions of people suffering from either depression anxiety actually i've said that already uh, the number of mental illnesses among youth is on the rise and there's an increasing amount of disorders such as attention deficit depression anxiety and eating disorders that youth are finding it harder and harder to deal in recent times the mental illnesses among prisoners has now become alarming this is particularly in america in state prisons over 50 percent of men prisoners and over 70 percent of women prisoners have at least one mental health disorder in federal prisons over 60 percent of women prisoners and over 40 percent of men prisoners suffer from mental illness and in local jails 75 percent of women inmates and over 60 percent of male inmates need help for a mental illness so how do you think that relates back to um, whether there's a relationship between mental health and crime? Um, I don't know. We'd have to know what percentage of, of um, the people with mental health problems in prison, what the, um, you know, what the percentage is compared to in the population to know if there's a problem. So you think the uh, statistics that Vantage Point Recovery yeah. are providing are misleading? I didn't say that. Um, I said, um, well, you know, you need to, I mean, is there a higher percentage of people with mental health problems in prison than there is not in prison? Mm. There is. I don't know. We don't have the research on that at the okay. moment. Okay. Well, Unless you want to look into that. No, I'm just trying to... Um, uh, so Michael do you think there is a uh, relationship with uh, mental illness and crime I think there could be yeah. be whether someone uses that to their advantage or not Cause mm. someone could say something and go oh yeah but I have got mental illness mm. someone could use that as a scapegoat to get kind of out of something so are you talking about um when perhaps a perpetrator has been caught, arrested, charged, that they may try to use the mental health condition as a way to get a more lenient sure sentence. So. I'm sure a few have tried that just yeah. to get like a leaner sentence. John Hague. John Hague. John Hague was the acid bath murderer, and okay. um, his <laughs> his plan was that he used to um, he did it for money, so he used to get like. Um, uh, older, richer people, and he take them to his um uh, warehouse mm. where and he shoot them, mm. put put them in an acid bath, yeah, and um said to get rid of the body. Okay. He was eventually arrested for one woman. I think he killed five by the time he was arrested. Yeah, and he was under the impression that because he'd 
got rid of the body through the acid. Yeah. But he wouldn't be charged because there was no bodies. Yeah. This was false. And when yeah. he realised that, he decided to pretend he was a vampire. Really? And um, that he... <laughs> and this is his way of getting an insanity plea, mm. um, which is subject to the McNaughton rules from the 19th century. And, uh, yeah, that was his plan. So he started saying that he drank the blood of his victims. But the wow. jury and the um, prosecution service, uh, they saw through it and he was eventually executed. I mean, that, that's quite interesting. I mean, John John Hay, if uh, listeners hadn't heard, is um, a gentleman who was born in 1909 and died in Wandsworth Prison in 1949. Uh, he was executed by hanging and um, it's claimed that he's had six to nine victims okay. in a span of uh, 1944 to 1949. Um. So... So he's more or less the trendsetter of using the prison system against itself to get a lenient system saying that you've got a it's, mental it's health condition. There's, there's, it's called the McNaughton Rules. It's from the 19th century. It's a way to um, mm. determine whether someone is um, can use... Um, the insanity as a as a plea mm. it's basically do the uh, did the person know they were doing a bad thing at, at yeah. the time i mean i've got and a quote didn't know, i've you've got, got a quote the here. Rules up there, um i can quote it i, I hope this yeah. is the the right thing so this is the McNaughton rule uh pronounced McNaughton and is a variant of an 1840s jury instruction in a criminal case when there is a defence of insanity. And it's quoted as, that every man is to be presumed to be sane and that to establish a defence on the ground of insanity, it must be clearly proved that at the time of committing of the act, the party accused was labouring under such a defect of reason from disease of the mind as not to know the nature and quality of the act he was doing or if he did know it that he did not know he was doing that he did not know what he was doing was wrong yeah so i mean that's an interesting up until today that basically still apply today yeah. yeah i mean it might have been slightly finesse since then but they, they, that mm. rule is still, still there so do you do, i mean it sounds to me that there's this uh problem then that mental illness is brought into the spotlight of crime yeah, as yeah. a get out yeah, for yeah. actual criminals who've committed a crime exactly, yeah. and by way of doing that because the statistics that I read from Vantage Point Recovery yeah they're taken from prisoners yeah so I think the key issue is that the mental health condition could or that they've been diagnosed with could have actually developed as a result of being the prisoner being incarcerated yeah yeah so that's, there's that, that, that's not mentioned at all in the statistics so it's hard to see exactly yeah so do you think that the relationship with with mental illness and crime is kind of foggy and murky particularly when we when people present statistics and information yeah, i mean statistics can always be misleading because you know just interpret them the way you want and you'll get the result you want um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these people could have um, developed a mental health disorder in prison. Mm. So th that would um, take the percentages down a bit. I mean, I've always uh, thought that uh, the number of uh, mental health, people with mental health issues committing crimes 
is mm. about in the same proportion as um, um you know say five percent of people in mental health issues okay commit a crime then oh no i've lost this completely <laughs> uh, let, let me try and My get ahead of you went, yeah it, so we're saying that like let's say five percent of people who are diagnosed with Mental health condition no, in the no, country. Let's say five okay, percent of the prison population have mental health issues. Okay, five percent. It would only be a problem if one percent of the country had mental health issues. Yeah. And if ten percent of the um of the of the whole population had mental health issues, but only five percent are in prison. Yeah. Then you know you need to know both figures to be able to yeah to to, to glean any meaningful mm. uh, information from it. Mm. some you know you just you can statistics mean anything one thing I wanted to talk about because like mental health and crime can actually go both ways uh, nobody really always talks about the victims of a crime okay and what they may go through and I mean I'm aware there's an organization around called victim support and we've got one in Forest Gate based in Newham that provides a valuable service but um, victims of crime they have a long time actually getting over an incident when it takes place. Yeah. And I mean, what do you think is happening with the statistics there? Why don't people talk about those experiences? Um, people do talk about the experiences of, of, of being a victim in a crime. But are we seeing the statistical reporting on that? Or is it being taken... Do you think it's being taken as seriously? Because... When we talk about mental health and crime, people tend to think about the criminals rather than the victims. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, that's just another issue for people with mental health problems to deal with if they're a victim of crime. Yeah. You know, that's very unlucky for them, but, you know, that's, that's a victim of circumstance. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, there should be support for them, but obviously people are more interested in criminals than the victims. I mean... And that will always win out in newspaper headlines or mm. in any discussion like this I mean there's an organisation uh, that we know nationally called Mind um, they created a report it seems in 2012 called At Risk Yet Dismissed and this was a published report um, in collaboration with Victim Support and it reveals that people with mental health problems are actually more likely to be the victims of crime and they feel the impact of being a victim of crime more acutely and are less likely to get the support they need. Yeah. Uh, amongst these, the, their findings, the most startling findings show that people with mental health problems are three times more likely to be a victim of crime than the general population, five times more likely to be a victim of assault, which is rising to ten times more likely for women, and they are more likely to be a repeat victim and experience different types of crime and people with mental health problems are far less likely to be satisfied with the service and support they receive wow mm. so i mean that seems like a very um damning uh indictment of not just what it's like to live with a mental health condition but they're facing the uh the prejudice or the stereotype of saying you're the type of person who commits a crime, but once they become a victim of a crime, there's a massive shortfall in kind of support and help and even sympathy, it seems. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, these statistics, they don't say what crimes these people have convicted of. Yeah. I mean... I, That's I the vantage assume, point yeah, recovery. I, assume, I mean, a lot of crimes happens when people haven't got enough money. Yeah. And people may not have problems, maybe more... Um, a lot of them may have trouble with money. Mm-hmm. And that mean but one of the reasons why they commit crime. Or they could become victim of crime. Oh, victim of crime, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So... Yes, yeah, I mean, it's the relationship between mental illness and crime, yeah, but it's the relationship between being a, li- a human and crime, you know, it's not. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Michael, do you think there's a, there's an issue to be looked at with uh, people with mental health being a more likely to be a victim of crime than a perpetrator? I think it should be looked into, because I, I have, it has happened to me. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Would you, is it something that you'd like to talk about? It doesn't bother me. So what type of crime was you the victim of? Um, they tried to mug me. Wow. And and what kind of support did you get after that? From I, I didn't. I got the police, but I didn't really go for any other support. So I just needed like six months. I was free to go out at certain part of day. So, so if it gets into night, you sort of went. Hmm. So you just sort of go, I'll stay out to five. Yeah. Then it's going to get dark, and then it just took a bit of steps to sort of go, I can't be afraid. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. And unfortunately, it was like wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, and all I ended up with was with with cracked teeth. Wow. So it was an assault as well? Well, I sort of kind of did it, and they tried to stomp on my head. Wow. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad that you survived that. Yeah. Yeah, but they wanted my money, but I sort of knew how to keep my hand in my pocket, so they couldn't. Okay. Wow. So you just sort of learn. Mm. So looking back, do you think that the police could have provided some more aftercare support? Initially, they are there to uh, report crimes and go out and arrest people, but. Do you think they could have done more to refer you to another organisation? I think they could be it's up to the victim how where how they want to move on from there. Really? Whether you sort of just sort of try and face it, your try and deal with it yourself, mm. or you do get that help. But you don't think it's um, going through that experience? It's like so overwhelming that um, people don't consider what the let's say the right thing to do is after reporting the police reporting to the police yes, but when you say the right thing people have got different points of view yeah. what the right thing is to do okay they can offer the help but if you don't think that's right for you you yeah. wouldn't do it okay because everyone's got their own opinion how they should deal with what's mm. happened yeah I mean, yeah, it's a terrible thing to go through, and um, like I'm glad you're here with us, and thanks for sharing it. And all as I well. remember, I was just sort of, I had like a foot mark, a foot mark there. Wow. So well, there's a, like a mark of a foot. Yeah. So did you go to the hospital? No, as I found well a friend that they was the one who said you got to call an ambulance. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I was just sort of like. He's in a state of shock. No, sort of like. It's happened. Yeah. Get on with... My, my thought was just, the shit's happened. Get on with it. I've just got to get on with life. Yeah. And, and the I best... Thought, then, then, then I thought, I'd better 
call a friend and see what they've got to say because I'm sort of thinking am I am I really thinking clearly or am I just sort of thinking like a survivor yeah well I survived it yeah yeah get on I've got other I can't let this get in my way of moving forwards but it's good to kind of share that with a friend so you can get a different perspective yeah. of what's going on wow and they couldn't do anything because it was a fog that like the, when we had a really thick fog so yeah they couldn't see anything clearly. So it's probably more likely when a crime is going to happen, I suppose. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us, Michael. Yeah. I mean, that was very um, emotional, uh, like kind of having to listen to that experience and obviously for you to uh, go through it. So we really appreciate that. Um, I mean, to sum up, if we can, I mean, what do you think we can learn or observe about the relationship with mental illness and crime. The, um, wow. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, the statistics don't really mean anything to me. I mean, I don't... I, I, don't, I wouldn't say there's a, pro- um, a massive problem just with mental illness and crime. I just think mm. there's a massive problem with crime. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think there's any kind of... I don't, I'd be surprised if percentages... Um, for um, perpetrators of crimes had a bigger mental health mm. percentage than without yeah. a mental health that, that sentence went really weird <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah I, I mean I think yeah if there is a relationship then I don't think it's abnormal I mean from what I'm seeing online um, I don't think there's an abnormal relationship with mental health and crime but it feels like if statistics are produced about the perpetrators of crime we should also put that alongside yeah, yeah. the statistics of the, the victims yeah, of that's, crime that's quite that's quite um shocking the um the statistics for um for victims of crime yeah and yeah that, that that's the, i mean that's a bigger problem than the relationship between mental illness and crime yeah perpetrating crime. yeah because I, I think historically uh through media outlets and newspapers film tv uh, I would say the general public have been taught to fear people with mental health as opposed to understanding the fears of people who've been diagnosed with a mental health condition yeah. in terms of crime. And um, Michael, have you got any summary thoughts about the relationship with mental health and crime? I think it's, it's more, if you do, that you listen to. Mm. Not not just sort of thinking, well, well you, it was your fault, it? Yeah. That they they actually look at what the person has because has because it could be could for, for it could be sort of they weren't even doing anything. Yeah. Someone just thought you're, and if you got mental health, you might be an easier target than say the public. Sure. Because they're gonna think, oh, no one's gonna believe them. If yeah. Because I think there was a thing. There's also a thing called mates crimes, which we we'll probably have to kind of explore in another episode, where people can kind of get targeted uh, because they're vulnerable as well. But um, yeah, maybe we have to do a part two of this episode. But thank you for contributing, guys. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm sure our listeners do too. Um, you've been listening to Enough Said, and it's the podcast brought from Ithaca House. And you've been listening to Stephen Code. Cheers. Michael Ahern. See ya. And you've been controlled by MKH Incorporated. Thank you. 
I am Trevor Jones, your host, and if you'd like to know more about uh, the organisation and charity uh, enough, feel free to look at www.inuf.org. That's www.inuf.org. You can follow us on Twitter at inuf underscore the charity. That's at inuf underscore the c-h-a-r-i-t-y but if you were have been unfortunate enough to be the victim of crime um, there are websites where you can uh, get advice and support so there's an organization called victim support and they have a, their own website now and it's www.victimsupport.org.uk that's www.v-i-c-t-i-m-s-u-p-p-o-r-t.org.uk where they have contact information where they can um, support people in particular areas, locations and create they have support lines and they can also talk about young victims of crime, domestic abuse and much, much more. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Don't forget to subscribe.